Hello, welcome to Transman Perspective, a podcast documenting my experience and thoughts on navigating the world while trans. So this week, I'm going to go ahead and answer another listener-submitted question. This week, um, my friend Jason Santos submitted a question that has really got me thinking uh, this week. So his question and topic is, you know, can you do a pro-con episode about each of the major milestones in your transition? So talk honestly about what good feelings you got, but also about the difficulties you had emotionally uh, for some of the biggest decisions, such as coming out as trans, going on tea or testosterone, getting top surgery, and changing your markers. So talk about my decision-making uh, process for what all of these were and what process I'm using now to decide other milestones that I may not have reached yet. So excellent question. Um, lots to go into there. And you know what? The first thing that I thought of uh, <laughs> with this question is I literally... You know, at the very beginning of my transition, I literally had created a pro-con list. And it's just a Word document that I created on my computer, and it was titled Transitioning Pro-Con List. (laughs) And the heading to the document says Transitioning FTM. So FTM stands for Female to Male. Uh, And I had seven items in the pro list and I had 12 items on the com list. So I'll go through the pro list first because that's the shorter list and these are things that, well, you'll see. So pro number one, I will feel confident. Pro number two, I feel like I will do more things. Pro number three, happiness. I like how that's number three and not like number one. (laughs) Pro number four, feeling comfortable in my skin. Pro number five, I have an incredible support system at home. I don't know how that's a pro. Well, I mean, that's a great thing. It's not necessarily a pro of transitioning, but... At this point, I remember when I was making the list that I was really digging for pros because I was so stuck in the fear that it was so much easier to come up with cons. Um, oh, <laughs> okay, number six is hilarious, which is very valid, though. But it's definitely a huge pro. So pro number six, no periods. That has been one of the best things of transitioning for me, so... That one's valid. Actually, that should be number one. Fuck happiness. It should just be no periods. That's the best. (laughs) Okay, and then uh, last but not least, uh, pro number seven, fun facial hair times. And actually, this one's hilarious too, because I remember going into this, I'm like, oh, if I get facial hair, I'm going to do all sorts of cool things with it. I don't understand why men who can grow facial hair don't constantly change it up and change, um, you know, what they do with their hair. 
And of course, so now that I have transitioned, I can grow full beard. And maybe once or twice I tried something different with my facial hair. And I just don't play with it. It's like a good full beard. Um, it grows in a little bit. I trim it a little bit. grows in a little bit. Trim it. And that's it. Like, I'm very basic with my beard. Um, so I like that that was one of the pros. And then it just never happened. Um, okay. So the con list. So this is where... Oh, man. Like... And I, and I remember, too, like, I remember I had so many cons. And this is the shortened list of the con list. Um, so, n- number one on my con list, I wrote that the long-term effects of tea, or testosterone, are unknown. And that's very true. Um, you know, anyone who has chosen to medically transition are essentially pioneers, you know, like there hasn't been a generation before us or a group of people before us who've started medical transition. And, you know, we, in the long run, like we don't know what's going to happen. You know, we don't know what the effects are for long-term use of hormones or hormone replacement therapy. So, you know, for me, when I started, that was a really big fear, you know, because health to me is really important. I grew up uh, with a parent. So my, my mother, you know, she constantly had medical issues throughout her life. And, you know, she was constantly in and out of the hospital. And so for me, like, I always had that constant fear. I'm like, oh, man, my mom's always sick. Like, I wonder if I'm going to be always sick. And thankfully, I'm not. I'm pretty healthy. Like, I rarely get sick. Um, So something like this and, like, just thinking about the long-term effects and what that could look like and, you know, what could happen. And, you know, when you're about to go and start hormone replacement therapy, the doctor has to go through, like, this long list of possible things that might happen to you that all sound extremely scary. Um, but it's just, they need to let you know, you know, what the possible side effects would be or, you know, but there's the same thing as like when you go into any kind of surgery, one of the possible things is death that could happen, right? Like it's the likelihood is low, but they have to warn you. You have to sign a paper that says, yes, I acknowledge I may die. Right. Um, same thing with starting hormones. I give you this long, scary list. Um, and that was terrifying to me because health is really important. Um, so that's something that really paralyzed me with fear for a long time. Um, the second one, okay, so my second con item um, is similar to that. So it's high risk of liver issues. So for some reason, I was really <laughs> hooked on that as well. Um, and then three, so con number three is transitioning at work. So that to me, um, it just seemed really, really daunting. Like I didn't like just the whole coming out to everyone at work, you know, explaining to them, you know, 
what's gonna happen and just putting all my stuff out there to all of my coworkers, even the ones that I don't know. And at the time I worked um I worked at a place that did have a lot of employees and it had a lot of teams and you know, a lot of them didn't know me very well, but this is something that everyone has to know, right? Like everyone has to be aware because there's gonna be pronoun changes, there's gonna be name change. And so everyone has to understand, you know, what the changes are and why, because, you know, it's a big change. Um, so con number four was high cost. How will I pay? So there's a lot of costs involved in transitioning, especially if you don't have insurance that have, that has uh, trans-inclusive healthcare. Um, most of it will be, most of it, if not all, which for me basically was all, was out of my own pocket, right? So hormones, um, you know, therapists. So at the time that I was transitioning, you know, I needed a letter from a therapist to recommend that I start hormone replacement therapy. Um, I think I paid about $75 or $80 for that therapist appointment. Um, thankfully, she wrote me a letter that first appointment. I didn't have to see her beyond that. It was very clear that I was trans, so she felt really comfortable just writing me that letter right away. Um, and then from there, you know, doctor's appointment, blood tests, you got to get, you know, your levels checked for everything, make sure you're healthy enough to go ahead and start hormone replacement therapy. Um, your doctor's appointments, the actual hormones you're paying for as a prescription, um, you know, follow-up doctor. I had a lot of follow-up doctor appointments that first year because you you constantly have to be monitored and checked, make sure that your levels are okay, you know, make sure that you're on the correct dosage of testosterone. You don't want it to be too low. You don't want it to be too high. Um, basically, you're shooting for, you know, normal range of you know, male, you know, normal range that uh, biological males um, have of testosterone. That doesn't really change. Um, and then from there, right, you have a lot of, like, uh, legal transitioning stuff. So for me, it's like changing all of my, I did not realize how expensive uh, changing all of my documents was going to be. You know, this is, uh, one, applying for your gender, um, name and gender change, uh, that actually was like a hundred something dollars, um, that I had to go through the courts, uh, from there, your driver's license, which is what, like 20-ish dollars, uh, your social security card, which actually that one I believe was free, uh, your passport ended up being, uh, over a hundred dollars, I believe, um, yeah, there, there's just, oh, and your birth certificate, which I don't remember at all how much that was, but there's so many things that you have to change. And I just didn't quite think about the cost. Um, uh, so con number five was me time off from work, maybe fired. <laughs> so, you know, that really goes to show the reality of transitioning, right? Like, even right off the bat, I was like, this is something that I could be fired over. Like, this is something that, you know, my work may not agree with or they don't want to go through it with me. They won't support me. So I have to think of the reality that I may be fired if I come out at work. Um, 
which kind of leads into my con number six. What happens if I lose insurance, right? Because insurance is something that's really important to me as well because of the same uh, fears that I have overall just being healthy. Um, you know, something really bad happens in my life and I don't have insurance. I'm really nervous about, you know, what would happen financially to me. Um, that's a big concern. And then con number seven, uh, we'll have to undergo surgery. So for me, right off the bat, I knew that surgery was something that was going to be part of my transition. Um, as I mentioned in a previous episode, you don't need to have surgery to be trans. It's not a qualifier. Um, but for me, that was really important. So I was already starting to figure out like, oh, well, how much is surgery going to be? Because I know my insurance doesn't cover it. And two, just being really fearful of surgery in general, um, because I have, at that point, I had never had surgery before. So that was just a really scary thing anyways. And I was convinced too, like, as soon as I go under, I'm going to immediately die for some unknown reason. <laughs> I was really convinced about that. But thankfully, I did not die. Um, it was all good. So it was fine. Uh, con number eight higher discrimination question mark <laughs> um so yeah that one's definitely one that it's just assumed like if you're gonna if if you are a transgender person in the world and you choose to be visible in any sort of way there's gonna be discrimination and you know i so i feel really grateful that you know, I don't experience that much discrimination. You know, for the most part, most people in my life have been really, really accepting and supportive and awesome about it. I have had to deal with discrimination um, bits here and there. Sometimes it was really bad. But overall, you know, I can't really complain. Like, it's been, it's been really great. So that one hasn't been a big fear or something that manifested into an actual problem. Con number nine, some people I care about may not want to be friends with me anymore. Thankfully, this is another one that hasn't quite manifested. You know, most people are still in my life. There's just a handful of people that decided to opt out because they just couldn't uh, they just didn't support that. They just didn't, they just weren't willing to go on that ride with me. So, but you know what? That's totally okay. Um, you know, some, one of the things that I'm actually really grateful for, for being trans and transitioning and, you know, being able to tell the story is that, you know, at this point I use it as a filter, you know, I filter people out of my life. Um, you know, if I come out to someone and they're not okay with it and, they want to go ahead and opt out, then go ahead and opt out. Like, that's fine. That's, you're not someone that I want in my life, and I'm totally cool with that now. Like, I used to take it very personally, um, but now I realize that it's not personal at all. It's just them and their beliefs and, you know, what they want to have in their life, and I get to make the same choice too. So that totally doesn't matter me. Uh, con number 10, might need to stop going to school. So at that point, I had kind of was starting to go to school, take some classes. Um, and that was one of my fears too, is you know, kind of the same as like transitioning at work. 
is I would have to go through a transition at school. And so I was thinking that if I was going to really do this transition, that I didn't want to handle both transitioning at work and transitioning at school. That's just too much change for me at that time. And that actually did end up happening. I had started going to school and I had started my transition. And so I essentially dropped out because there's too many changes going on in my life during that time, you know, with that kind of change. And I just decided that I didn't want to deal with it. So Connie, number 11, I worry about not finding someone who will love me. Oh man, that was a big one. Uh, Cause I already struggled with thinking that I was lovable at that time. So, you know, one of the things that I was also managing at that time is about, so I transitioned in 2014. So at that point, I, I believe it had been like two or three years since I was diagnosed with both major depression and borderline personality disorder. So for those of you who might not know what borderline personality disorder is, is it's a mental illness that is very often misdiagnosed um, as bipolar disorder. So they're very similar. They both are characterized by unstable emotions. And this is, so for borderline, this is something that develops, you know, later in life, like in your mid-20s after a huge event or change in your life. Um, and it's caused by trauma in childhood, right? So... I had a lot of trauma in my childhood. I had a lot of emotional, physical abuse uh, as I was growing up. And so for me, you know, I was diagnosed with borderline in my early 20s. I was really, really struggling with that. And so I already carried a lot of false beliefs about not feeling lovable because I had a mental illness. And at the time that, you know, my mental illness wasn't stable. I struggled with it a lot. Um, now I'm very, very stable. I've been very stable for over five years. Like I don't need to take any medication for it anymore because I am so stable and I don't really have any of the symptoms for it, which is awesome. I'm so grateful for that. But at that time, that was a big concern. It just, you know, transitioning, was another thing on the list that would make me unlovable and I just couldn't visualize a world um, or a reality where someone could love me which is honestly the saddest thing ever like I'm sad that that's something that's on the list and this is why I choose to be visible and why I choose to do the things that I do um, because it breaks my heart that anyone would think that they're not lovable, you know, regardless of who you are, what you're going through, you know, you're lovable and you're worthy of love. So I'm sad that that's on the list. Oh, and by the way, that, uh, that was a complete just fear. That is not at all reality. I have had no problem <laughs> with people loving me. So if you're listening and that's one of your fears, don't worry about it. People, are so attracted to genuine people, authentic people, and by you transitioning and honoring your truth, 
you become very authentic and people are drawn to that. So just be you. People will love you for just being you. Um, and the final thing on the con list is afraid of hate crimes. <laughs> um, you know, that one thankfully as well hasn't been a big issue for me. There was just one time that that kind of was a problem. Um, so during my transition, um, at one point I was a member of leadership at a company. So I had people reporting to me and there was an employee that in the end I had found out. So, so later on I had found out that he was purposely trying to get fired. I think he was trying to collect unemployment or something, but, um, he, so I had ended up letting him go and you know, during this time, I, so this was a, like during my very first year of transition, I had just, I, I think I had just gotten to the one year mark and a really popular thing for a lot of trans people to do at the one year mark is people tend to do like a one year transition video and they make a video on YouTube um, and it kind of just documents the first year of transition. And that's something that I really wanted to do and I did make a video. And I had put that out into the internet um, and I shared it on my social media because I, I made the video for like friends and family. So close and friends and family. So I thought maybe just like, maybe like on the high end, like maybe 50 people would watch it. And I had posted it publicly <laughs> and I didn't realize and like it just got shared, shared and shared and I got like thousands of views on it. Um, so a lot of like different people I didn't know at all ended up watching it and uh you know one of the things that i didn't anticipate is all of a sudden you know i was getting these random messages from people i did not know on the internet saying really awful things um but one of the things too is like you know that got shared around and people at my work watched it right and so this guy that i had just let go i guess he had watched that and so after I let him go, somehow he had gotten my phone number and so my personal phone number and he had started just sending me all these text messages and leaving me voicemails that were extremely harassing, you know, and, and attacking me for being trans. And he had mentioned that he had saw my video, so he knows that I'm really a girl and all these really offensive things. Um, it just truly like just hate, hate speech. And it was awful. That was the first time I had really been attacked in that way. And I was really scared. You know, at that time I was working the late shift. So I was the lead on the floor uh, from 3 p.m. to 11 p.m. And these messages started coming in like 10 minutes before my shift end time. And so I got really nervous. I thought maybe like he was outside waiting for me. So I had let security and my work know, and they were pretty, uh, you know, they want to make sure that I was safe. So actually, like, so long story short, he, he ended up driving me home. <laughs> you know, that, that's, that's how bad that was. And that's how scared I was. And like, you know, because the reality is honestly that there's a lot of hate crimes that happen against trans people. You know, there's trans people are murdered more often than I would like, um, especially trans women 
especially trans women of color, um, you know, the murder rate for them is way too high. And, you know, that's something that's, you know, at that time, especially starting out, was on my mind all the time. Like, I just saw all these trans people murdered all the time, you know, in my mind. And, you know, this person harassed me that way. Like, that was the first thing I thought of. And in the end, like, it was just empty threats. Like, he wasn't going to do anything about it. He was just upset that he was let go. Um, and then decided to use this personal thing he found out about me to attack me on that. So now it's really clear what that was, and I don't take it personally, but at the time, I couldn't handle it. It was really difficult. I was really fearful for several weeks after that. Like, at the end of my shift, I would just be really anxious and just, oh man, it, it was really dark. It was really difficult for me. Um, that was really hard. So that's the last thing on my comment. So there's definitely a lot more cons and pros. And honestly, what ended it ended up actually happening you know now four plus years into my transition i realized that you know most of the cons well no all the cons are manageable like they're not even things that have stopped me or almost stopped me like yeah those are things that i'm working through but you know none of them have a hold on me for my fear, like, you know, I thought that they would. Like, at this point, and even during my transition, even while I was going through some of the things that might have been, or not might have been the most fun, like, transitioning um, at work was not the most fun thing. Um, you know, but it was manageable. And for the most part, people were really cool and really supportive. And so that wasn't a fear that, you know, was real. Um, yeah, I mean, overall, I'm, I'm really happy with my transition, how things have happened. Um, there are some things that came up that I just didn't anticipate that didn't even make it on my list because I didn't even realize that that's something that I would go through. So one of the future episodes I'm going to make, um, because this is something that was really big for me that I did not anticipate. And I don't think a lot of people really talk about it. Um, or maybe it, it just doesn't happen to a lot of people like it happened to me. But um, I think like maybe two-ish years into my transition, I went through a really hardcore mourning phase. And that's like mourning for my old self and mourning for every relationship in my life. Because what I realized, well, you know what? I'll just cover it here right now. Not that works this this episode is kind of about pros and cons and this is one that uh was difficult for me is you know i got to a place where the world now viewed me as male and so people treated me as that and you know males and females you know regardless of your intent like this doesn't mean anything bad but they are it's a fact that they're just treated differently by the world you know like good and bad like it's just you you speak to and you treat a female differently than you do a male and when the world collectively decided that i now you know looked enough male that they would treat me that way you know everyone in my life started treating me a different way and i 
I knew that was going to happen, but I guess I didn't really realize what that would mean for me. So, you know, as an example, you know, two of the people that I'm closest with is my sister and my brother-in-law. And those were two relationships in my life that were very specific in how we treat each other and just our dynamic, you know? So with my sister, it's always been a sisterly, you know, bond that we have. And that's very specific to like female, female, right? Like there's a very specific dynamic that happens with two, you know, female, uh, or just two sisters. And, you know, that changed, you know, it changed from sister to brother. And it was like a smallish shift, but, it changed everything for me. And with my brother-in-law, that was always a very big brother, little sister dynamic. And, you know, so he was always like a big brother looking out for me, protecting me. But, you know, the little sister aspect of it is, you know, you have like a masculine feminine energy, right? So like if I needed comfort, I would snuggle with him or I would sit in his lap or I would, you know, do really cutesy things. And, that dynamic really changes when all of a sudden you're just now two dudes, right? It's not that it's unacceptable. I could, I can do that now um, and just feel comfortable with it. And like, I don't care anymore. But while I was going through that, you know, that shift was very apparent. And I realized that I had a really hard time just going through that because this is the period of time where like, I'm going through a lot of changes. I'm, kind of incapable of thinking outside of myself right like I'm so into these fears and the just physical changes that are happening like my mind 100% of the time was focused on my transition and what was going on and so I needed a lot of comfort and then it got to a point like with both of them that I didn't know how to ask for that comfort anymore because things were different and I got really lost in that I just didn't know now from anyone how to ask for the comfort that I always had because um, I don't know, just everything was different. I was different at that point too. So what ended up happening was I went through this weird mourning stage where like I felt really sad about the relationships that I had because they couldn't ever be the same again. Yeah, so relationships that I've always had in my life were now different enough for me that I felt like they couldn't ever be the same. And I had to start over and I had to like, so I, so I had to start over with everyone in my life and that was really overwhelming. And I didn't know how to do that because at the time too, I didn't know who Cohen was yet. I didn't know exactly who I was. And so... I just didn't know how to start that process. And even though I was surrounded by friends and family that loved me and supported me and were there for me, um, very often I still felt really alone. And I did not anticipate that at all. Uh, it's not something I thought of. It's not something that I had read or heard another trans person on the internet talk about or, you know, share like that was their experience. So it's just... So when it hit me, it hit me, and I just didn't know how to navigate that. And so I kind of went into a little 
bit of depression you know even though I was happy I was transitioning it, it was a really hard part for me and you know essentially what happened is I just you know the more comfortable you know with time the more comfortable that I got with myself and the more I learned about myself and who Cohen really was and I let that kind of you know lead the way um all those things kind of just fixed themselves you know people started relating to me as me and I felt I started to feel more comfortable I started to feel more normal I think it was just part of the process where like you're hesitant to let go of what was you know and once I kind of shifted my mind about that and embraced the future and embrace that things will change and that's okay then that really changed that whole experience for me and then it became a really positive experience and it became something that I was really excited about you know because I had the ability to create something brand new with every single person in my life and create the you know new memories and new bonds and new ways to you know, really grow with the people around me. And um, that was really cool. That was really rewarding. And I'm still doing that now. And, you know, the difference now is that now I get to really, really be me. Like, I have a really, really great understanding now of who I really am. And, you know, now I have these incredible bonds and connections with people that I've never even had my entire life because before I wasn't me you know I wasn't who I actually was so how can you really really genuinely connect with someone if you hadn't even connected with yourself yet like it just doesn't work that way <laughs> and now that I've transitioned and I know exactly who I am and there's still a lot of things happening right there's still a lot of growth that I have to do but I'm a hell of a lot closer to you know the real me now than I was at any other point in my life so so yeah, so that, you know, overall, those were my pros and cons. I had a lot of cons, and I'm so glad that I moved past all of those, and like 90% of them just didn't even matter. Um, well, I like how the number two is high risk of liver issues. I'm not, I'm not entirely sure why specifically liver issues were like so high up on my like list of cons and things that I thought about a lot. That has never been an issue with uh, for me. Um, I don't even know where I got that from. Um, I guess maybe that's just one of the things when I was going through the long list of terrible, awful things that might happen uh, when you do when you go into any medical endeavor. Um, but yeah, for some reason that was really something that I worried about. Uh, uh, yeah, everything else just worked itself out. Um, any, anything that it was difficult, like discrimination, honestly, I'm actually kind of grateful for it because it's, it's given me a better understanding of people and a better understanding of how I navigate through those difficult situations. And now, you know, honestly, like if someone comes now into my life and threatens me in some kind of way, threatens my life even, like, it's not personal. Like, I totally understand that it's the other person and what they're going through and what their views are and what they're, you know, it's not me, it's them. And I get that now. So now that I understand that, like, it's really difficult for me to get to a place, even if they're, like, attacking me and using my name, I know that it's still not about me. Like, it never is. So, so really, thank you to... 
I won't use his name, but thank you to that employee that super harassed me that day. Um, took me years to get over it, but now that I am, you really helped me out. So I'm actually really grateful for you. So good job. <laughs> I highly doubt you'll ever listen to this, but if you do, know that I'm really grateful for what you did and you made me a better person. So yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that is really, um, the majority of, I think I've answered the majority of Jason's question. I think the last part of his question was, you know, well, so what was the process in the, in the decision making for these, which I think I've covered. And then what's the process you're using as you decide on other milestones that I haven't reached yet. Um, so my process for making decisions, like these big life, scary sometimes decisions, is just going into it knowing that it's going to be okay. And knowing that things might come up that I didn't anticipate or think about at all, that I didn't plan for, and that all those things are okay. And all of those things are manageable. And that I'm really great at asking for help when I need it. Um, so even if I do come across something that I feel like I have no answers for, I don't know how to figure out, thankfully, I have a lot of people in my life and a lot of connections that I've made that, you know, I do feel comfortable reaching out to people and just asking for help, asking for education, asking for, you know, whatever that I end up needing. So honestly, like whatever I decide to do, I know that I'm safe. And then it's going to be okay. And even if something big awful happens, it's not going to be big awful forever. And yeah, I might struggle, but you know, the way that I view struggle and pain and suffering is now really different. And I know that if I go through it, it's only going to make me big, you know, better and stronger in the end. It's only going to, you know, increase my empathy. It's only going to, increase my understanding and it's just going to add to the experience that I have that will make everything else in my life more manageable. You know, like the more you go through, the more experience you have and the less scary everything else ends up being. So that is how I view everything now. And, you know, sometimes I really even embrace and, you know, fully in fully accept like things that I know are going to be really difficult in life, you know, like, because I know it's just, I know it's just going to make my life better in some way. So that's how I view things now. Um, and even if I have some fear, I go into it with that and it makes the fear a little less and it makes it ma more manageable. And, you know, what's really important too, um, is talking to people and, you know, one of the biggest things that has come out of this is that I'm now extremely comfortable in the space of vulnerability. Vulnerability is my jam. <laughs> I can do it all day, every day. And it brings me so much closer to the people around me. And it gives other people permission to be vulnerable and to share themselves with others as well. And I think that's such a beautiful thing. And it makes everything manageable and it makes everything okay. So that's my process so just be very vulnerable be very honest with people share with people how i'm feeling share my fears ask for help and everything's going to be okay right so 
Yeah, so I think that's it for my episode today. I've answered all those questions and my process, and I feel pretty good about that. So, all right, so remember uh, to send in your topics or questions to transmanperspective at gmail.com um, if you want me to answer one of your questions, or you can just shoot me an email, or yeah, I mean, that's the email option, or you can just uh, shoot me a message on social media or comment on something. I will get your question. Um, so thank you so much for listening. I hope you find that we are much more alike than we are different. And remember, much love. And always remember to be kind to everyone that you meet because everyone's going on a different journey. Everyone's on a different phase of their life. And, you know, the most loving thing that you can do is help someone out when they're struggling. All right. Well, take care. <laughs>